<laughs> Nothing says safety mm-hmm. like a pool and Jägermeister. I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. I'm going to kick off with um, the psychology of where you sit. The psychology of the seat. Of the seat. In the boardroom. To the bedroom. No. (laughs) This is a work. Well, it depends on where you work. From the boardroom to the conference table. Oh, okay. And this is specifically if you're seated around a rectangular. Okay. So everyone's familiar with the big rectangular conference table. So where you sit. Where you sit is important. Okay. And I'm not. If if it's a round table, doesn't matter. It's all up for grabs. So this is. uh, So usually, and they have the positions marked. Position A, the power player. That's usually the boss. Yeah. So she's sitting at the head Mm -hmm. of the of the long table, and it's like, or whoever's leading the meeting. Um, and this is especially a powerful position to sit in if there's a screen behind you. So you can kind of give it, I guess, some Steve Jobs. Okay. (laughs) You know, like a little Microsoft thing. So that's where the power player is. And everyone, you have to decide who you want to be in relationship to the power player. Okay. That's what it is. If you are allies of the power player or want to position yourself as allies, you sit on either the left or the right. Okay. Of that person. As close as possible. As close as possible. (laughs) And it says, these are called the flanking positions. All right. So, um, the people sitting next are usually seen as the most supportive. Okay. Or a simp. All right. Like, whatever you want. Um, However, it's good to sit there because if the meeting is loud, you can get your sides in to the boss's ear. Oh. So, you can let her know what's going on. You can whisper. You can always be heard by the boss. Um, When you sit in this position... You can influence the flow of the meeting by assisting or driving the meeting where you okay. want to go. You can draw attention towards or away from topics in this position. And you can prompt to, you can speed up or slow down the meeting from these positions. If you're sitting in the, the next two, so kind of in the middle of the table, yeah. um, you're going to get less eye contact and less floor time yeah. if you sit there because of the nature. This is a good place, they said, if you want to go into stealth mode. Okay. Now, keep in mind, there are only, like, 10 or 12 of you in the room. Yeah. Okay. But you're going into stealth mode. And it says if you need to get your attention, someone's attention, you got to lean forward mm-hmm. and raise your hand slightly. Okay. Not, like, raising your hand like I want to be called on. Yeah, just, but like, like, a little, know. like, uh, you need to get your yeah, I'm attention. Over here. You I'm were with the hand. I'm yeah. still here. Yeah. Um, then there's the contender. This is the person who sits opposite at the, the boss at the other end of the table. Mm-hmm. This person... It just says, if you sit here, you better have something to say. Okay. This is a good spot for facing off with somebody. Okay. So even though you're far away from the so boss. far away, you're just like, you're like, I'm looking you right in the eye. Mm-hmm. You're like, any boss. moment now, this could be the head of the table where yeah. I am, lady. Not you. Yeah. Um, also, if you are contrarian, if you're against the boss, this is a good place to be. Because then you can have people, the boss wants people to look at her, but you could draw everyone's attention to the other end of the table where you are. What if you're giving a presentation and... But your superior is there. Do you let the you let that boss sit at the head? But you're in charge of the meeting, so so you in that situation you let the boss sit at the head, and then you sit opposite at the other end. Yeah, okay. Even if you're doing the the presentation, the presentation. okay. Um, and then there is a uh, 
Yeah, it says sometimes if two people, so if you and I are running a meeting together, we could control the whole show by occupying both ends of the table and working as a team mm-hmm. to crush everybody else. Okay. <clears throat> that's in the middle. Um, then there's the sideliners, and this is where I always sit in the meeting. You know, not everyone goes to the table. Sometimes there's a couple of chairs. Yeah, in the back. <laughs> in the back. And they're called the sideliners. Yes. And what's that? It's position F. Yeah. Sideliners. Need to sneak out early. Don't want to be heard. Aren't a power player. Sidelines are for you. It could be near the door, especially if you have to leave. Wow. Or as an assist, or if you're the assistant, and this is a position that I would not want to sit in, you just sit slightly behind the boss. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like an enforcer or a henchman to me. Yeah, right? Yeah. But yeah, I always, in any kind of corporate situation, if I can be by the door. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best, best seat for you. And I, yeah. there's nothing worse than they're like, oh no, we'll make room for you. It's like, no, I don't want to make. Don't. Yeah, thanks. Now I'm sandwiched in between probably the uh, the contender, the person who's sitting opposite the boss, and then one of the middles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a, like a schmuck. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. I've made a big a big plan, so you have to decide what is your goal or your mode in the meeting, mm-hmm. right? You want you want to be in attention mode. Uh, is your goal to, you know, be not to be seen at all? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to support? So you have to think about all these things before you get into um, the setting. But that really, the closer you are to someone physically, the closer you, like, the more simpatico you'll be okay. with them. Got right? it, got it. So that's, you have to think about that. How much how much of a suck-up do you want to be, and where do you, or you want to be? I always like to be by the door. It's neutral. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people even forget you're that you're there, and you can get out very very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the funniest thing is if you ever have accidentally or been forced to not forced like physically for it, but like to take the head. Oh yeah, and yeah. you're like, this isn't my meeting. Yeah, yes, yes. If you have a, a person who is the say your your boss is very confident, and she's like, I don't need to sit at the head of the table. I'm mm-hmm. going to be walking around and coming, and then you're there like. People are looking at you like, mm-hmm. like yeah, well, that, yeah, it really is an expect. Mm-hmm. It sets up an expectation that you do. Um, you're you're an influencer in yep. this in this production. Yeah, <laughs> that you're in charge somehow, and people will look to you no matter mm-hmm. what. So mm-hmm. again, the door is right. where you want to be. Right. Anyway, so that's the psychology of uh, where to sit in a in a boardroom. Like I said, if it's a round table, they said you want to you can sit as close to the boss as, as you possible can, as possible. Sometimes on a lap. <laughs> right on the, or just even if it's a round table if you just hang back a yeah. little bit behind yeah. the boss yeah. flank anyway put another ring around the whole table <laughs> yes. the chairs I'm just in there. the back Oh, right. got what it. do you have? Cyber Robot News. All right, so Robot News is where we report, report on our robot overlords. What are they doing now? Uh, you know, one of the most popular things in robotics today is to mimic the movement based on animals. Yeah, the biomimicry. Biomimicry. Right? They, love it. they love it. So we... They're There's a cockroach. Ideas. There's two I want to talk about. This the cockroach robot. Are you um, it took two years to build, and they want a tiny. Uh, the scientists wanted a tiny robot that could navigate rough terrain, small gaps, without the use of sensors. So it invented Why? this bug-like robot. They re- honestly, like I have, I'm not a luddite, mm-hmm. but I feel like sometimes they don't really have a clear plan of where these. What these things are needed for, what they're going to do with them. Get into cracks, show up. But why do we need that? Well, all right. I want to Is listen it search in. search and rescue? I want uh, to listen in on my competitors or another um, enemy. Mm-hmm. But we already have bugs. 
But this one will, like, first they're going to sweep the room mm-hmm. for bugs. Right? They're going to be like... And then once they're done, this guy's going to crawl in. Yeah. Okay. After the whole first bug sweep is, is I done. like the idea that they've made this cockroach uh, to sneak into the room. But, you know, human evolution, like, no matter... If there's one cockroach anywhere, a person will see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what... The room could be almost dark. Yeah. If you see something scurrying, I bet the first thing that happens to this little cockroach is someone smashes it. Yeah, right. I bet you even in the lab where they're making it, someone just forgets themselves. And it's like... Chum! Yep. <laughs> and they're right. like, no, that was our prototype. It's like, oh, Amy, no. no. Yeah. Someone sprayed it. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah you no. ruined it. Again. They're not, they're not waterproof yet. Yes. So uh, what do they, what does it look like? looks like a freaking cockroach. Wow, they make it look like a roach. I know, right? To instill fear. Mm-hmm. Cats aren't going to care. They're going to be right on it. Well, it's got to look like something that if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, that's gross. And then it can run away, but you want, aren't going to be like, that's a recording How device. about um, a butterfly well, or because, a ladybug? Because that's something I wouldn't smash. Yeah, but right? if it's in your office, you're going to be like, what the F is this butterfly or I, ladybug? Don't worry about it. Just ignore, ignore <laughs> it. It's <laughs> fine. No, if I wanted to There's say, always like, butterflies oh, in the county. I want to send something into Vladimir Putin's office. It's not going to be a butterfly or a ladybug. It's okay. going to be a cockroach. A cockroach. Because they'll be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a, we, have, we have roaches here. It's fine. Yeah. It's a big office building. Right. All right. Ta-da. It's not going to be like a really small snake and be like, nah, this happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Totally cool. <laughs> garter snakes always get into accounting. Oh, yeah, this kitten. It's <laughs> a kitten. It's really the kitten problem that they have where they come in through the, the heating vent. <laughs> they just keep yeah, getting in. Your kittens keep getting in. It's fine. Right? The they problem have with a kitten infestation. <laughs> the problem with kittens is that people keep taking them home. <laughs> so they're not, you're not really bugging the office so much as people's, you know, condos. Right. <laughs> All right, so they made a roach. Yeah, okay, the other one is a bionic kangaroo. Kangaroo. Straight up no. German company Festo has made a robot... Excuse me? They need to stop. Hammer time. Festo? Festo. Made a robot kangaroo aptly titled Bionic Kangaroo. That's great. Because of the creativity of the Germans. <laughs> yes, because of the creativity. It has a quote-unquote tendon in its leg that propels it forward and harnesses energy on landing. Mm-hmm. And also the legs move forward for landing. The tail is adjusted for balance. When it lands, the legs are spring-loaded. I've already invented in my mind something that looks like a giant fly swatter for this thing. It's like a pogo stick with a... Um, that I smash. <laughs> with my anti... Yeah, but it's just like... Great. So there... It, it leaps. It leaps, but it... And it has a... So it's really a big electronic pogo stick. How big is it? It's big. It's a kangaroo that's six feet tall. It's that big? That's right. Well, I like the idea that the first thing that happens is this thing just full on leaps out the window into the parking lot mm-hmm. and is going. Yeah. In the horizon. That's bizarre. You know, there are just, there's so many. Yeah, we've been through the stripper bots, the hitch bot. <laughs> the stripper bots, yeah. Because we don't have enough strippers in the world. Yeah, I know. And we don't have enough hitchhikers. Or yeah. roaches. So I, I found something to do if I can piggyback on that. Uh, where's that robot, by the way? Is this a robot? It's called a tribot. And it looks like three tiny circuit boards that are attached to each other. Um, like this. So it's three parts. Okay, three right? parts. Called a tribot, tiny circuit board. It has a small lithium battery that it carries with it, um, and it's flexible. So they figured out it's a a mix of electronics and origami. 
So this okay, thing can it's like an origami type. Yeah, robot. this thing can fold itself, um, and then it can it can do a somersault. It can fling itself up to four times its body length. It's very small. Say okay. it's only like maybe an inch or two. But it can fling itself. Four inches. Yeah, it can fling itself four inches. And it can leap two and a half inches in the air. Um, the people who biomimicry, the idea came from a trap jaw ant, which can hurl its body around, uh, making sudden movements with its mandibles. I, have, I love ants. I've never heard of the trap jaw ant. I like the idea of an animal that can just flap its gums and fling itself across the room. Yeah. Could you imagine if we could do that? Just start screaming and then hurl yourself across the room. <laughs> we technically can. From the force. Oh, from, from the sheer force of oh, our jaws. God. Fling ourselves across the studio. Um, so the weird thing about the tribot is, is that the researchers set up one tribot as a leader. So the tribot had to go through some small obstacle course. And then based on that information, it related to the one behind it. So the one behind it didn't have to figure it out. Okay. It so simply got to the point and leaped. It didn't fall. It so didn't, it like, keeps, struggle. The next thing, or they keep teaching each other. Yeah. Um, and then they had another test uh, that was of cooperation. Two tribots pushed a small block that was too heavy for one to do it alone. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yo, Pete, come on. Mm-hmm. So they pushed this thing together. So the tribot, it doesn't look that bad, um, but it's... The, uh, the implications are frightening because they're making everything small now. But when we have more abilities to work with different kinds of metals and make things later, these things are going to be gigantic and they're just going to be leaping all over the fucking place. Yeah, I know. It's... And I don't, I'm not quite sure. I mean, obviously they say here, you know, as often in the case of robotics, the authors stress the possibility of real-world applications like emergencies, of search and rescue, environmental monitoring, and um, exploration. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. All of you, because everyone's really concerned about saving people. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's really it's like, come on. If, if we all are being honest with each other, just say it's DARPA. Yeah, <laughs> just well, say it. It's DARPA. It's it for is, slaughter. It is the Defense Department of the yeah. U.S. government that yeah. is. Cons- it's for slaughter or or extraction of materials. Yes, that's all. Right, that's all. Domination of other countries. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Because when people are trapped, we send dogs. Yeah. And that works. Maybe you don't want to send a dog anymore. You just want to send a robot in. What's the dog going to do now? Yeah. He's like, I had a gig. Be cute. I used to be somebody. There's plenty of things for yeah. dogs to I do. I can propel myself forward. <laughs> Look at me. Woo. Biomimic this, B. There's a couple of ways to improve the memory because, let's face it, we all can use it from time to yeah, time, right? How yeah. many times are you like, I wait, who was the guy that was in the movie? I don't know. Who yeah. was that guy? The guy, he was the one that was in that other show with the other woman. With James Corden. Oh, right. That guy. Right. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So that's what you go through. Well, yeah. Why go through this? Why don't I you just don't improve know. your memory? But you know what? Sometimes when I can't remember things, I say, you know, not worth it. Next. <laughs> okay. So how do I improve? How do you improve your memory? There's a couple of ways research has found to keep our memories around for as long as possible. Okay. Okay. So med- meditate to improve your working memory. 
Um, really? Your working memory is a bit like the brain's notepad, where new information is held temporarily. Mm-hmm. When you learn someone's name or hear the address of a place you're going to, you hang on to those details in working memory until you're done with them. I feel like in my notepad, it's like, you know, the wind's blowing and the leaves of paper are <laughs> just going. All over, and it blows into a puddle. And it's I have like no idea faded. what I even wrote mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. If they're not useful anymore, you let go of them entirely. If they are, you commit them to long-term memory where they could be strengthened and recalled later. Okay. Yes. And this is why I always get so angry with people when they don't remember people's names. I'm like, you just don't care about that person. Yeah. No, it's just not on the... (laughs) It's just not important. It's the working memory. It's just like, this is what I need to know right now, and I can't even... Working memory is something we use every day, and we can make... And it can make our lives a lot easier if it was stronger. Just like you're saying. Yeah. You won't seem like such an ass. Yes. And then just say, you know what, forget it. Okay. For most adults, the maximum we can hold in our working memory is about seven items. But That's we're not it? quite using seven our items? work. Yeah, right. If we're not using our working memory, then we can strengthen it through meditation. Okay. Mindfulness meditation can improve our memory recall in just eight weeks. So keep meditating. And you this- must be good at this because you do meditation, right? Yeah, but I can't remember anybody's names from last night. Okay. <laughs> meditation with its, its power helps us concentrate has been shown to improve standardized test scores I remember just after two weeks one person because I mnemonics yeah that's the only person's name I remember from mnemonics yeah because I, I made a little like yeah. joke with their name yeah. that's the only way I can remember stuff like that yeah alright yeah. So, so meditation. Meditation. Huh? Yeah. Um, it's somewhat counterintuitive. During meditation, our brain stops processing information as actively as it normally would, but it just mm-hmm. um, it sends. It, it's, but it works. So this is the <laughs> when they say like to quiet your mind. Yeah. And kind of let your mind be blank. Obviously, you cannot completely empty yeah. your mind, but it stops the noise. It's and stopped, then I get yeah. you the working memory. It's like thank goodness, finally. Yeah. We've got it six just, items here. We're almost at capacity. Yeah. It's kind of like how I would imagine, like with meditation, like repeated meditation is like, imagine there, there was um, a, like a, a paper or a tablet with writing on it that's mm-hmm. underwater. You know, it's like kind of like on the bottom of this shallow part of the ocean. I can't wait to see where this goes. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and so what, imagine that there's a lot of waves and there's a lot of there's storms and the water is roughed up and you can't read what is on that tablet because okay. of all this motion. Yeah. Uh, no, but just the waves and the froth and the rain coming down. Oh, this froth? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, you're standing on the edge. You're on the beach and you're looking like two feet into the this water. This metaphor is going very <laughs> far. Okay. All right. And you want to read. A, it's just right there. Yeah, it's right okay. there, but there's all kinds of commotion above it. Okay. With the waves and with the froth and with the rain and stuff. And so when you meditate, mm-hmm. you learn how to calm all that down. So then you can see and what's there. And defroth it. Yeah. So you can see what's so there. So you've got a very, a very, like a very smooth and flat surface. It's like a There's wet no, it's, slate. It's crystal clear water and you can read what's down at the bottom. Okay. So that's what I, how I'm thinking about this. this I mean, memo. I like that. I don't know if it <laughs> exemplifies what we're talking about, but it's nice. I know. That's I like I'm, the froth part. I, thank you. <laughs> that's a good part of the story for me. Oh, no, it just meditation helps you clear away all that that commotion and distraction, so that you can just calm down, you focus on and the, focus on what you're doing. So the seashell, sleep. yes. Okay, <laughs> all right. Oh, okay, so another way you can improve your memory is um, drink coffee. Oh shit! I must have an amazing memory then. Yeah, I drink coffee a lot. Um, 
So I'm angry when I can't drink it. Like if you know, sometimes your stomach isn't is upset, and you can't drink coffee. It's not even. It's not that you drink the coffee and then you have this kind of. Um, it improves your memory. It, one study found that taking ca- a caffeine pill after learning a task actually improved memory recall up to twenty four hours later. After. Yeah. Okay. After you learn it, yeah. So. That's weird. Caffeine helps strengthen that. Caffeine um, is a is a very weird drug. Yeah. Um, I know there are a lot of drug folks. Yeah, I know there are a lot of negatives to it, but there are also a lot of positive things to it. When I used to have really bad migraines when I was a kid, they would always, because I didn't drink a lot of soda, they always have like a half a can of Coke because the caffeine apparently like dilates something Mm -hmm. and it always worked. And I hate Coke. So when you're really tired, you drink a cup of coffee and lay down and take a nap. And wake up for fifteen minutes later, and you're like and totally you're good to awake. Go. Yeah, because yeah. it gives it enough time to to um, kind of soak in and work, and then that little bit of rest also helps too. Huh. I always just drink. I have always have an espresso before I eat. I find that it's like a nice palate cleanser, and I eat a little bit less. Oh, do, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. That, and that's that was not why I was doing it. I'm mm-hmm. usually doing it because it's like okay, I'm a little tired, mm-hmm. and I like espresso, and then we're in a restaurant. I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. But I've seen over time it like decreases, you know, the, the amount I eat, especially when it comes to carbs. All right. Another thing: eat berries for better long-term memory. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Yeah, it can help. Eating berries helps staves off memory decline. Berries are expensive. I know. Uh, when did that happen? Uh, a study found that when supplementing a normal diet with blueberries for 12 weeks improved performance a normal diet. on memory tasks. Yeah. Really? Okay. And the effects just started after just three weeks. I mean, that's something I'd be down to try, especially it's summertime now, a lot of blueberries about. Mm-hmm. New Jersey has a lot of good blueberries. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, how much do you... Uh, a long-term berry study. That tested <laughs> Brought to the, you by berries. Yeah. Berries. <laughs> that tested the memory of female nurses who were over 70 years old. <laughs> what? That's very specific. I think some, someone has an interest in those ladies. How can I get yeah. a bunch of nurses over 70s in my crib? Well, they'll probably be the most receptive to this kind of a study. They like a berry. Yeah, they found that those... <laughs> Who regularly eaten at least two servings of strawberries or blueberries each week had a moderate reduction. Mm. They don't the like lungs. a melon, yeah. so forget it. Yeah. <laughs> they hate citrus fruits as well. Yeah. So <laughs> exercise also helps. They found that in regular exercise improves your memory. And fitness in older adults have been proven to slow the decline of memory without the aid of continued regular exercise. I feel like for people I know who are nurses or have been nurses for like how retired nurses, their minds are like steel traps. Yeah. They're like, attor- like, like attorneys. Like they remember everything. So much information they retain from their studies, from working in hospitals and care centers. It's, I'm always amazed. And they have to. They have to be kind of like plugged in. Yeah. And they have to care and... Care and they're quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because they're making split-second decisions. Yeah. And so they have to be so nimble that way and have everything on It's just fascinating. That's one of those jobs that is, you know, a traditionally female job that I was was like, I could never do that. Yeah, yeah. Never, ever, ever do that. I I mean, you have to know everything a doctor knows almost. Yeah, and And then you have to deal with doctors on top of it. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably the the worst part. So I would like to do a... Hey, you didn't know it. This mm-hmm. is the news of the oblivious living amongst us. Okay. Of which there are many. Just a quick one. This was a, a big fail. Uh, in 2013, Jägermeister had a huge pool party in uh, in a city in Mexico. 
uh, and they were trying to promote Jägermeister among young Mexicans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who probably were like, this stuff tastes like an ass. Yeah. Like, why would I? Like, why would I want this? Because things yeah. like Jägermeister, Unicom, they were used in Europe. They're like botanicals. And they were used to like calm your stomach. They were medicinal. Yeah. But for some bizarre reason, they've gotten out there as like a frat party thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's basically cough syrup. Um, so they had this big party to try to like, you know, promote Jägermeister, the music, bottles of Jägermeister, everyone was having a good time. And so they were had a big oversized swimming pool. And so this the bright idea of the the event planners for this was that they wanted to have it uh, look very exciting visually. So they decided that they would add a little liquid nitrogen to the pool. No. So that it would seem like it was the too smoky. smoky, like a dry ice effect. No. That you see at rock concerts. No. What happened? Well, they didn't think how dangerous it was. So they pour in the liquid nitrate and immediately people succumb. Like they're not able to breathe. No one dies. But they basically sucked all the oxygen out of the area around the pool with the liquid <gasps> nitrogen. Oh, get people out. People passed out. One guy who... Didn't have any long-term um, damage. Went into a coma. Oh, my God. Can you, and luckily, like, everyone survived. But it's like, Holy. really? You didn't think that adding liquid nitrogen to a pool full of people, whether they're on Jägermeister or not, was a good they idea? They were in the pool? Yes, and they were in the it was And a then pool somebody put, poured it yeah. in? Oh. The, the people, the event planners, were like, this is going to look really cool. We'll pour in some... Uh, liquid nitrogen. And people immediately start passing out. In the pool. In the pool. Oh my god, that's a nightmare. It's al- it's already a bad idea that you're having people getting How did really they not drunk drown? in a pool. How did they not drown? I don't know. Oh my god. Because, you know what? Mexicans got it going on. <laughs> I guess they were able to, like, pull them out lifeguard really and pull them out really quickly. But how crazy is that? Jesus. Great promo. That's, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, hey, you didn't know it, liquid nitrogen in a pool, not a good idea. Why didn't they just have some dry ice somewhere and then have fans and have it blow on? Or just do foam. Yeah. Like foam party. No. Liquid nitrogen. And this is, when things like this happen, I always think, either this person didn't have any friends at all, or is surrounded by... Yes, because someone, yeah, yeah, yes, men who were like, yeah, great idea, good idea. (laughs) This is the person who was sitting next to them in the meeting, or just right behind them in the meeting. Yeah, (laughs) was like, this is a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. hey, you didn't know it. Liquid nitrogen plus pool plus Jägermeister Mm -hmm. equals coma. All right, what do you have? So you play bass keys, drums, guitar, sing lead or rap, horns too. Looking for a place to go Saturday night, 8 p.m. to 12. Funkadelic Studios, y'all. Fully equipped rehearsal yeah. studio. It's got everything you need to jam. Yeah. What you waiting on? 209 was 40th Street. Come one, come all, and you can bring your bandmate, lover, or a friend. Yeah, come prepare to jam. Um, you know, from time to time, Jaquetta and I go out um, in New York City. In the world. In the Yes, in this urban jungle we call home. Yes. <laughs> and we just want to talk about a real-life experience we've experienced called A Taste of Magic. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. So if, I don't know how often I've talked about this before. We actually did an episode about magic. I love magic. I love the magic castle. I like reading about magicians. I've tried to do a little bit of magic myself. So for, as a surprise, Katie somehow found A Taste of Magic, 
which is in the back of a really nice restaurant. It's like a seafood and yeah. steak restaurant um, in Midtown East where they do close-up magic at your table. Yeah, it's basically a group of magicians. There's probably like six of them yeah. or so. And um, they have a deal with a restaurant, and they have this prefix dinner. Which is really good. Included. Although I have to say, I barely remember the food because I was so just crazy the about the magic. Yeah. And so in between courses, a magician would come up to your table and do up-close magic. So it's like at one restaurant this month, another restaurant another month, that kind of thing. So it switches it up a little bit. Um, and, and it was but, a very diverse group of magicians. And I mean that in terms of what they did. Yeah. Like, the tricks that they did. The tricks that they did were amazing. Were and amazing. This was, like, high-quality yeah. um, performances. They and were they're all, doing it at the table. Yeah. Like, they couldn't... If they were any closer, they would have been wearing our clothes. They did things we could not figure nope. out. And were just, like, seemed to defy all logic. Yeah. It was just amazing. But they... What I really liked about them, they were all unique. They all had their own personality. Yeah. And they were so into the magic. And they're having a good time. Yep. Um, and they're doing this out of the love for the art. Yeah. And you don't get live performances like, like of that. this caliber. Yeah. And especially because there were only, so there were what, four tables? Yeah. Yeah, there were only four tables. Yeah. There. So each each table is getting, you know, one magician working with them at a time. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. And then they had the host mm-hmm. uh, did a couple of tricks as well. And it was very well done. So I, we wholeheartedly recommend A Taste a of Magic. A Taste of Magic. Yes. Uh, look it up and go. Yes, go. It is well worth the money that you spend. Is it hard to get tickets to it? It, I mean, you just have to find the dates that it's free. So okay. I would do it ahead of time and make sure. Yeah, so and a you couple do weeks have ahead to, of time. Yeah, and you do have to pay ahead of time. It's not like you pay there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, definitely, definitely try this out. We and love it. the prefix is good because I am a vegetarian. I eat a little bit of fish. There were, there were things on the menu for me. I'm also lactose intolerant. There was stuff on the menu for me. The meat options were good. So yep. there's something for everyone everybody, even in a eat. small prefix. And uh, it prefix was um, pretty healthy. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good. Okay. Um, so, shout out to them. Yes. So, Greg sent this in, and mm-hmm. we were discussing this. It's some pants that some guy has created that men are going crazy for. Mm-hmm. And it is a... Pants? Men go crazy? Men for- go crazy for these pants. It's, it says, um, not too long ago, you've made the bad decision between comfort, style... Uncomfortable denim or baggy sweatpants. These those days are gone thanks to the all day everyday pant. Oh, okay. The all day <laughs> everyday pant. All day everyday pant. That sounds. <laughs> yeah. We, right. So we dug a little deeper into why these pants keep selling out. So these pants they look like uh, a nicer khaki pant. Like they they don't look like a docker, but they also don't look like performance clothing. But they are. Do you know what I mean by like okay. they don't look like they're like a trouser, a slack. Yeah, like a okay. slack, and they're they're flat front, but they're stretchy, and the pockets have zippers in them. Oh. And I thought that's genius because I always um, I don't put a lot of stuff in my pockets, but my male friends do, and I'm always concerned that the stuff is going to fall out when they sit down. Oh, when, and if someone's going to pick someone's going to pickpocket them, yeah. them um, stuff like that. So these pockets have zips, and then I start thinking, why don't all dudes' pockets at least have some kind of closure on yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Because when if you're wearing the flat front is one thing, but if you're wearing pants that are pleated in the front, and I hope you're not, but if you're wearing pants yeah. that are pleated in the front, there's a lot when you sit down. There's a lot of opening. Yes, yes. To the the pocket. So it says, number one, they have a quality fabric. It's high-quality nylon and spandex fabric. 
nylon. But it doesn't look like it. It looks like cotton. Oh, wow. There's no shine on it. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like it would melt Mm -hmm. (laughs) in high temperatures or that water would, like, repel off of it. So it's good for the gym. So they have, like, pictures of guys working out in it. So you could use them as sweatpants, but then you can also wear them to work or wear them out. Hopefully wash in between. You know they won't. Um, (laughs) They also, you can specify the the waist and the length. Okay, fine. Like, everybody does that, dudes. Mm -hmm. That's not a new thing for pants. Yeah. Like, no guy goes and is just like, just give me a pants. Yeah, any size. Which size do you want? I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't care what it is. Um, They also have an elastic waistband with a drawstring, but it doesn't look like it. Really? So it looks like a a waistband. Mm Mm-hmm. But apparently on the inside... It has the drawstring It has the drawstring and okay, the, so you, can, you know... Okay. Like, you know, children's, like toddler's pants, mm-hmm. where you can't tell that they are... They have all the elastic in them around yeah. the waist, but they do. Um, what I said, they have these zippered pockets, two front... So it says, these pants are built for an active lifestyle. All right. With two zipper... Two front zipper pockets deep enough to secure your valuables. Pants also have two generous back pockets. And they're a tapered bottom for a smart finish. So you, it looks like you could wear them with tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. You could also wear them with an, you know, a loafer, an okay. Oxford, and it looks fine. And this is the, they've sold over 100,000 pairs of these pants. And they have 1,500 five-star reviews, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and it says they are wrinkle-free. So you can wash them and dry them like a normal pair of pants. Okay. They always look crisp. They don't need to iron them. You don't need to add a softener to them, throw them in the wash. You treat them like a pair of sweatpants. And then if you don't like them, you can send them back. So these pants, I read some of the reviews. They're $100 a pair. What? But the reviews are like guys who are like, oh, I bought a pair, $100. That's a lot of money for a pants. Had these pants for a week, went back, got two more pair. Really? Uh, another woman was like, my son is going away to college, but he also has, like, work stuff to do. Bought him three pair of these pants. That's it. Wow. So people, guys are, this is their wardrobe now. This is like, this, so it's so multifunctional. Yeah, and it comes in, it's something like a khaki, a gray, like, um, a black, I'm thinking maybe, like, one other color. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not dark blue. I have a navy. I don't know who can wear navy. It's a tough it's a, uh, you know what? It's just such a like an old man color. Yeah, and, and it's hat. just hard to match up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so these are these are the all day everyday pant. I also saw something really interesting. They're making uh, another company is making something that looks similar. It's women's all day everyday pant with a skirt over it. Oh, which is really interesting. So it's the pant with the. Sk- it's a pant with like a skirt over okay. the front. I can get. In- yeah, with that, yeah. I mean, it looked really interesting. They showed a woman. Well, that's called a skegging, a skirt with a legging. But it doesn't look like it. You know what I mean? It looks nicer than that. Okay. And they showed a picture of a woman like sitting at her desk with this thing on. And then she like got up and did like a split. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I mean, it was in some yoga. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. So they always show these pants as like, I've never in my life been like, you know what? You know what's wrong with these slacks? Jesus. I'd like to do a Russian split. <laughs> <laughs> and have a skirt in the front. For modesty. So, yeah, all-day, everyday pants. Interesting. Very uh, yeah. interesting. Maybe this is the way things are going with clothing. It, you know? You know, People can't be bothered. They just want something that is going to work in every situation. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to last. It's functional. Last. Looks good. Yeah. Because I guess if you're a guy, if you're not really that into fashion, and this is literally like you could wear these pants. To your point of they better wash them, you know... That dude's going to wear these pants to work and then go right to the gym. Yeah. Work out in these pants and just 
air them out, quote yeah, unquote. Maybe. And rock them in the office the next day. All right, what do you have? Okay, so as Sainz, I have this is a kind of a segment we've been doing. It's kind. Of, it's sort a, of segment. Yeah, it's here. It's like a. Yeah, I know. In between season segment. Okay, it's yeah. Like it's not here to stay, but it's not. It's an occasional. It's an yes. It, it's a, it's a segment. So you know this um, the saying. So we, there's a lot of sayings that are, we say and we don't even really know the origins of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we had a name for this segment. <laughs> we did. And it was clever. You came up with something. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. In the water stream? I don't know. That was... Um, it was this so, is a, it, it's a sister segment to the Weak and Bigots. That's it is. It's, a, it's, it's Weak and Bigots adjacent yes, yes. segment. Okay. So these are phrases that have gotten into the water, s- s- water supply that we... Um, we use, we don't know how. We don't why. know why, and they mean something else. Yeah. And they just kind of got... Like blood is thick in the water. Yeah. Well, this one is Nice Guys Finish Last. Uh-oh. Okay, okay, so Nice Guys Finish Last. I always think of this in terms of the, the trope... Of the good guy not getting the hot chick. Yeah. You know. Because he's so nice, he doesn't do... Uh, and, you know, women hate nice guys, so... Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. You no. Know, it's funny, because <laughs> on that note, it's like... Somebody wrote something like, um, if you think you're a nice guy and you don't get the girl, maybe it's because you're not a nice guy. Yeah. No, hmm. you're not. Think about that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> also, your flies open. <laughs> It's kind of the idea that the like one good example somebody brought up is Ross from Friends. He was not a good guy, and well, I haven't seen that many Friends episodes. He's so like many a whiny people, bee. So many people think, he, oh, he's the nice guy, and he can't get the girl because he's such a nice guy. He sat there plotting and planning and didn't lying. His, didn't he cheat on his wife, and she left him? No, the wife was a uh, lesbian. Okay, came out as a lesbian. Whatever, but. Um, Whatever, but he was not a, a nice guy. People think that is the definition of a nice guy. He's not. He was. He couldn't express himself. He was dishonest, as yeah. far as I can see from yeah. a couple episodes I saw. But I know the story arc. Constantly positioning himself without being genuine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just basically a liar on on every level, like yeah. lying to himself about his feelings, mm-hmm. lying to other people about them, and being conniving for no reason. Yeah. Like he could have just dated that. What was her name? Rachel. 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 Yeah. You could have just said Rochelle. It's Rochelle. a black show. All <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you it's know, Damien and Rochelle. a lot of these guys are think they're nice guys and they're not the bad boy and they never get the girls because you're not nice. Yeah, you're not that you're great. You're nice. Yeah. You know, anyway. So, anyway, there's a phrase nice guys finish last. Okay. Okay. Back to this. Great news, nice guys. You've been getting a bad <laughs> rep. When baseball Hall of Famer Leo Drosher, a.k.a. Leo the Lip, uh, he sounds like a mobster. I know. One of the greatest <laughs> managers in history, whatever, oh, well, yeah. sure, whatever, a mobster. said this. Um, he was referring to another team. Drosher said, all nice guys, they'll finish last. Drosher later clarified that the misquote wasn't that he meant at all. I never, he's, uh, he quotes, I never did say that you can't be a nice guy and win. I said that if I were playing third base and my mother rounded third with the winning run, I'd trip her up. That's what I was saying. Let me clarify. (laughs) So all nice guys, but they'll finish last. Yeah, you can't be a nice guy. I never did say that you can't be a nice guy and win. 
Okay. All right. But that's what nice guys finish last. It, so it's that new of a phrase? Yeah. I had no idea. I, I thought it was something that was, you know, time immemorial kind of thing. Yeah. But it's actually quite new. Yeah. And did we do this one, no rest for the wicked? No. The phrase is often used as a busy person excuse for staying up late. And it might be true, because it's like, no rest for the wicked, huh? Yeah, I'm so yeah. busy. I'm so busy. And evil. Yeah. <laughs> but the quote originated as a misquote from the Bible. Isaiah 15, 21. Oh, that one? <laughs> <laughs> there's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Would you say there's, there's no... There's no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Okay. The words rest and peace are related to each other, but the idea of sleep completely changes its meaning. It's about finding solace, not a, a nap. I was thinking there's no peace like show peace. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be mine. There's no, so no rest and peace. So it means like if you're wicked, there's no peace for you you're because you're wicked. Because you have no peace of mind or conscience. Oh, it's not that you're just busy as You're AF. just busy and you can't get to your sleep. Because evil never sleeps. Right, evil is 24 hours a day. So it's not about you just, yeah, you know, having a jammed schedule. It's about you will not have peace of mind and heart because you're just... Because you're evil. Evil. Because you're bad. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. I like that one. Thank you very much. I like that you keep bringing those in. I find them fascinating. I'm always waiting for the day when there's, like, a phrase I love. Yeah. And I'm like, like, oh, really? That's what that means? Yeah, I can't believe I've been saying that. So I have some information about evil robots in the ancient world. So we talked about in the ancient world. So I thought that the idea of the robot was, you know, maybe be um, not even a thousand years old, right? But apparently, it dates back to the Greek mythology, and the first quote-unquote robot or robot-like what? entity was the bronze giant Talos. It was one of the technologically advanced gifts bequeathed by Zeus to his son, Minos, who was the first king of Crete. Okay. And it was an anthropomorphic machine. Talos patrolled the coastline of of Crete three times a day, watching for pirates. But he was an automaton. Or automaton? Which one is the right way to say it? So Talos patrolled the coastline, and if he saw a foreign ship, he would hurl a, a boulder at it. How do you know it was foreign? That's what he, that was his only skill. Okay. And throwing rocks. And throwing rocks. But also, if he found a person uh, that was not supposed to be there, he would pick the person up, clutch the person to his chest, which was, he was bronze. And right. then his chest would heat up, thus roasting the person alive. But he had no mind. Right? Mm-hmm. So he was a creation. Um, and that, the Argonauts had to deal with him. Okay. And I don't remember that from Jason and the Argonauts no, Talos, but yeah. he had they had to deal with him. And Medea came to Jason's rescue, and she used telepathy to confuse the metal giant and disorient him. The giant then stumbles around on the rocks, turns an ankle, which and the pin comes out of his ankle. All right, and then he's all over. Okay, so let's take an early evil robot. Um, so there was a god that of the forge that created Talos, but also crafted Pandora, who was another type of a robotic figure uh-huh. from mythology. Um, and also the same god of the forge, Hephaestus, uh, had in his workshop robot-like women who he endowed with a mind, wits, voice, and vigor, but they were... Robots, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So they weren't actual humans. I had no idea this stuff goes back. I didn't back know. That yeah, far. yeah, that's amazing. So they were already thinking about um, these ideas. 
um, also in during the Zhou Dynasty in China, there was the idea of a, an android which danced, sang, and Im- imitated human behavior, and the king was happy up happy with it until the robot then started flirting with his hose. Oh, <laughs> and then he wasn't then that so was happy it. Yeah. about it. And then they bring up the idea that Aristotle was thinking about if they automated things, like so if things became fully automated, mm-hmm. um, what would craftsmen do? What would slaves do? What would servants do? So already thinking about... Already thinking about that and with... The jobs. Yeah. Although slavery, being a slave, not a great job. But they, he was thinking like, what would the slaves do? Mm-hmm. What would servants do? What would our skilled craftspersons do if we have these robotic, you know, if everything is automated. So I just thought that was interesting that they were thinking about that that far back, but also already thinking about how it's going to affect the rest the of the civilization. Yeah. And I still feel like they were more forward thinking and more conscientious about it than what's happening right, right now. now. Right now. Yeah. Uh, when we actually had the tech. So these guys didn't even have the technology and they were still like, kind of thinking about what would happen in that mm-hmm. situation. But I didn't know this about the Talos. I'm kind of interested. That's really interesting. I feel like a lot of things with mythology, if it doesn't uh, strike us directly now as as relevant, we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know? So you hear about certain myths all the time. But Talos? Never heard of it. And that's pretty cool. That I is think. really cool. All right. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Automaton. Tron. What? <laughs> I'm gonna have to look this up. I'll say atom. He was an automaton. He was automatron. An... There's no R in it. You're just throwing Automa- me. <laughs> he was an automaton, or uh, he was a robot. I'm gonna cut all that out. <laughs>